USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com 100. A word with Mark Smith about how you can prepare for a successful transition from military to civilian life. Plus, all about Honor Flight and what this nonprofit is doing for our World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam era veterans. It's just ahead, so stay tuned. And hot! Welcome to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio in partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and supporting partner, the WireNet Home Services. Welcome back, listeners, to Veterans Voice. I'm Chris Lee, stepping in for Paul Watson. Today I'm here with Mark Smith, Director of Transition and Employment at Mount Carmel Veteran Services. And a little bit later, we'll be talking with Sterling Campbell to discuss Honor Flight of Southern Colorado and what this nonprofit is doing for our World War II, Korean War era, and Vietnam era veterans. Mark, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you don't mind, just telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, so I'm the Director of Transition and Employment at the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. Um, 20-year retiree from the Army. I know I'm not supposed to say retiree. I'm a transition <laughs> service member. Um, you know, Nanette would have a have a fit over that one. Sorry, Nanette. I won't but, tell uh, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, 20 years Army. Um, been living here in Colorado Springs off and on for about 30 years. So That's great. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for being here. Uh, if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about what you do in the transitions office and kind of what that entails and how that can help people. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing about transition and employment, we're not a placement agency. Right. So we don't place our clients into a job. What we're going to do is provide the tools and resources, help our clients gain employment life after the military Mm -hmm. you know and that when that with that that includes you know guard reserve transitioning service members veterans military spouses and dependents oh cool um, between 18 and 26 on the dependents now with that being said you know if your son or daughter comes to us and they're 16 they need help finding a job help with their resume Mm -hmm. you know linkedin interview whatever we're going to help them they just won't count as a client for us Um, we don't turn anyone away right right and that's to include their discharge and judicial background Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we help them with their resume again, um, LinkedIn. We do a mock interview workshop, uh, two days called Link. That's actually December 13th and 14th. Um, hiring events, which we actually have one December 6th. Got about 20, 20 or so that said they were coming. Usually we'll end up with about 30 because as soon as that flyer hits social media, it'll it'll explode and everybody <laughs> will want in. It happens every time. That's why I only invite up to 15 to 20 because right. I already know there's going to be 30 show up. So Well, that's a good problem to have, I guess. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Tell me a little bit, what, what got you involved in, in this process and, and tell me your passion about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been here, it'll be four years in December. There's never been a dull moment, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, 99% of our clients will tell us what they don't want to do, not what they want to do. Right. So, you know, we sit down with them, build a plan, I think. But for me, I feel like if I don't do it, who's going to do it, if that right. makes sense. Right, right. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, with other organizations I'm involved with, you know, helping the homeless veterans, things like that. Mm -hmm. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? It's kind of the way I feel about it. So, um, 
Yeah, I started off. Um, I knew the director of operations at the time. Um, he called me one day out of the blue and said, hey, you want to be a peer navigator? And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> um, I didn't know. You know, I was contracting on Fort Carson. Hmm. And he said, well, it's like being an Army recruiter, but I don't yell at you about numbers. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I came in and interviewed. And, and you know, I'll be honest, I blew the interview because I didn't know. Right. You right. know, I didn't know you were supposed to tailor your resume. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. There was a certain way to answer questions. I was just being honest. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I walked out. I called Dave, and I said, hey, I said, I think I blew the interview. I said, I said man, I'm sorry. Thank you for the opportunity. You know, I was already apologizing. Sure, yeah. And um, about a week later, I got a call, and it was Paul, who's the director of operations now, and he said, hey, he said, you want the job? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> he said, okay, you start on Monday. I said, okay. So came in, been here ever since. That's spectacular. Awesome. So, yeah, it's a little funny story, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, just a minute ago about some upcoming classes here at Mount Carmel. Do you mind uh, just touching on those a little bit? Oh, yeah. So we're going to close out the year strong, as usual, and it's, you know, every year. Um, we have our resume workshop December 14th, mm -hmm. um, the federal. And then we have our link. It's our two-day interview workshop. Starts on the 13th of December, sure. 13th and 14th. So the first day is all classroom work. Um, on the 14th, they will actually do five mock interviews with companies. And then once that's complete, we have our networking event later that evening at Black Hat, which is um, the Palmer House slash Black Hat Distillery. Mm. And they I will actually put what they learned in the networking portion into action at the networking event. Oh, that's so, great. And then uh, hiring event December sixth from ten to two. So busy, busy, busy December. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a that's spectacular. Uh, what advice do you have for um, transition and employment during during the holidays? Uh, sometimes people get a little stressed out with um, trying to find a job, but also trying to navigate, you know, Christmas time and that sure. type of thing. Yeah, the holidays are always probably the roughest to include right around Fourth July time frame. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of folks are getting out you know, in that time frame during the summer, right. Um, you know, don't stop, you know, just because Christmas and Thanksgiving is there, people are still going to do interviews. People are still going to hire. I mean, I got hired in December of oh, 2019. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and I did my interview maybe a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So, um, <laughs> it can happen, you know, don't get discouraged. Biggest thing, sure. Call us, let us help you. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing is don't get discouraged, mm -hmm. you know, um, Maybe relook the job requirements. Um, look at your resume. Make sure your resume is tailored to that job. You know, again, I didn't know that when I got out. I didn't learn that until I started working at Mount Carmel. And, sure. and that's one thing we always preach. Tailor your resume. You know, networking is key. Mm -hmm. Colorado Springs is a big town, but it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody in this town. Right, so, you know, right. I probably know, and we just met, and I probably <laughs> right, know somebody right. you know. <laughs> probably. Um, so, you know, and it, it is, it's it's a definitely a small town. But, yeah, don't get discouraged. That's, that's the biggest thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, just keep plugging away. Again, call us. Let us help you navigate that process. Um, you know, if you need anything from else, anything from us, we are here. So just Perfect. give us a shout. Well, uh, again, thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about the networking process for me that's it's just this this word that that kind of comes up uh and how, like how do you do it like what platforms or what what kind of tools do you have to, to to do it you know i a lot of folks that we work with are introverts um right you know and it's hard for them to come out of their shell and approach somebody and you know when i say approach somebody i i don't naturally mean go up and say hey do you have a job for me it not 
that way. Hey, I'm Mark. How are you? Um, I'm a transitioning service member with 20 years military experience as a whatever your background is. Sure. Who do you know might need my skill set? That's the easiest way. And I've done that for years. I did that in recruiting. Right. I mean, it's just kind of you have to talk. Sure. And a lot of folks don't like to talk. I'm an extrovert. I can talk to anyone. You know, I mean, I know a couple of people like you. <laughs> I spent 13 years in recruiting. I didn't have much of a choice. It, it was, hey, go talk to that guy. Go talk to that girl. Right. Okay. You know, hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, and, you know, you learn that. Sure. And, and it is a skill that you pick up. Yeah. And right. talk to everyone. Don't, right. not just at networking events. Talk to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, um, talk to friends. Go to baseball practice. Talk to the other parents. You know, always, always be networking, I guess. So. Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's networking is, is really just building relationships with people, and it's a skill that you can develop. It just takes practice, right? And, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Believe it or not, LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. I just had my friend in Pennsylvania post his resume to LinkedIn, and I was looking at it as I was at the doctor's appointment. Okay. I, was, I sent him a message. I was like, hey, what do you want to do? You know, so, and he's in Pennsylvania, and I'm in Colorado, so he's on the East Coast. Right, right. But I have connections on the East Coast, so. Right. Yep. How you you mentioned some some classes and and how to set up LinkedIn. Um, what what's a little bit of advice for for I don't know, beginning that platform and, and and engaging with that? For LinkedIn sure. is to to come to our LinkedIn workshops. <laughs> I am horrible with LinkedIn. I know I need to use it more. I I don't have a lot of social media. Sure. Um. I I don't have Facebook, so I don't get on my phone a lot because usually my phone is ringing from right. partners and clients and everybody else. So. Um, you know, we'll be starting our LinkedIn workshops back up in January. I'm locking those dates in now. Um, as soon as we get those, we'll definitely get them out on our website Mm -hmm. and our social medias. We'll get them out to our clients and all that. But, uh, yeah, definitely. We, we have some great instructors for LinkedIn that will show you from, from bottom to top how to do it and how to do job searches on there. So that's awesome. Yep. Well, we're going to take a quick break for, for a word from our sponsor. Imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again. Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice technology partner, meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado Computer Support is veteran-owned. They're your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support team is on your team. Call 719 three five five two four four zero to learn more that's seven one nine three five five two four four zero the wire nut home services every season brings a new strain on your home systems veterans voice partner the wire nut home services is the company you can count on to handle your heating cooling and electrical needs they're family-owned proud to employ honest hard-working coloradans when you need plumbing heating and cooling or electrical help the wire nut does that call 719-399-5021 that's 719-399-5021 and we're back so tell me a little bit about maybe some more of your background. Uh, you said you're a 20-year Army veteran. What was your transition process like as you got out of the military? <laughs> uh, it was a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, so the day I transitioned out, um, I went on terminal leave on November 7th. 
that evening got in a motorcycle wreck. Oh, no. Um, shattered my foot. That's why I was at the doctor today. Um, so I was on crutches for about my 100 days of terminal leave oh, and wow. permissive TDY. Um, I got really bored really fast because I always thought it'd be cool. I'm retired now. I'm just going to lay on the couch, watch TV, <laughs> right. do some yard work. You know, um, I got bored really fast. Uh, about the first week, I was kind of done. I, uh, I started applying for jobs on Indeed. And uh, the only people that would call me back were insurance sales and, and nothing against that industry. Sure. But being recruiter, I didn't want to sell anything. I was done. Right, right. Um, I just wanted to kind of do something where I wasn't in charge. 18 of my 20 years, I was in a leadership <laughs> position. I just wanted somebody to tell me, hey, I'm coming into work at 8 and I'm leaving at 5. So um, after about a month of that... I started so somewhat networking. I started calling friends. Hey, who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you know? And called a friend, and he said, hey, my wife works for a security company, and they're looking for security guards at Memorial Hospital. Mm-hmm. I was like, excellent. So I <laughs> called his wife, and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, just go to the website and apply and put me down as a reference. I said, okay. Went in, got called, went in for an interview. So needless to say, I had the big space boot on my foot, so right. I took that off. <laughs> um, yeah, dumb. Jammed my cowboy boot on and walked <laughs> around for about a week like that to get my foot to where it would go into a dress shoe right? so I could wear my suit. <laughs> <laughs> so did that, showed up for the interview, got hired to work for um, Allied Universal for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there about probably six months, and I was made shift supervisor. <laughs> and then uh, and then through networking, a guy that worked for me, he said, hey, do you want to work on Fort Carson? Mm. And I said, what are we doing? He said, tracking the vehicle maintenance of the Striker Brigade. And I said, okay, cool. So interviewed there. That interview was was an experience, let me tell you. <laughs> um, I could get into that later on, but that's a long story. Sure. Got hired on there, worked there for four years, and then um, the director of operations at Mount Carmel called me out of the blue one day, and I, I knew something was going on on Fort Carson. They ended up losing the contract, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually that July 4th during COVID. Oh, okay. They they shut down the contract, and I started here December 2019. So it worked out great. I didn't have a break. Right, right. But uh, that was kind of my transition. I you know I had a bachelor's degree in a security clearance. Right. I thought I'm going to make 200 million dollars a year. You know, <laughs> right. 20 years military experience. Come on now. Yeah. You know, yeah, not so much. Um, that didn't work out that way. You know, one thing we tell our clients too is don't be surprised if you have more than one job after you transition oh, right. out of the military. Right. Um, it took me three jobs to find a home. And I, you know, like I said, been here since 2019 mm-hmm. until they kicked me out of the building. You know, <laughs> I'll be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what, what lesson did you learn throughout that whole experience, if you could sum it up? Start early. Start early, um, yeah. You know, I didn't. Um, I moved from um, Fort Campbell and did all my retirement things here um, because I was retiring here. Right. Definitely start early. A year out to me is pushing it. Mm. My sweet spot would have been about 18 months, you know, getting the TAP program done, going through that, working on my resume. You know, when I retired, we didn't have the resources we have today. Sure. There, you know, there were was no Mount Carmel. There was no, you know, fellowships and internships and CSPs and all that. You know, it was basically you went in, you did TAP, you got, you cleared, you got your 214 and good luck. Right. You know, let us know if you need anything, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. So... Yeah, start as early as you can and plan ahead. Again, I didn't do that because I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, you recommend um, about eighteen months. That's a, a pretty comfy cushion to to start that transition process. Yeah, and it it and it depends on you know if you have a family. You know it. 
and getting out of the military is not just your decision. It, sure. it should be a family decision. Right. Because when you do transition out, whether you retire, ETS, PCS, med board, whatever, um, you got to realize now you're paying for your medical. Now you're paying for your dental. <laughs> right, right. Now you're paying for your life insurance. You're not getting your, you know, BAS and BAH, I think is what it's still called nowadays. Yeah. Um, so now you, you need to budget. You know, here's what I'm going to spend and here's what, you know, I need to make my retirement, disability, whatever, you know, coming in. So I have to do this before to make sure things are in line before I do get out. So, sure, sure. Yeah. As people are beginning the transition process, whether that's a year out, 18 months out, you know, two weeks out, what what advice would you give them if they're looking at the, the civilian economy and job market and they're feeling discouraged? You know, keep keep going. Um, come see us. Let us assist you. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to make suggestions. Hey, maybe look at this way. You know, if, if you're holding out for one specific job, it's going to make it a lot more difficult, sure. um, especially if you don't meet those qualifications for that job. Mm-hmm. You know, the other piece to it, there are a lot of jobs out there. You know, again, you're probably going to have two or three jobs before you find a home. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of people I talk to, it's the same thing. So, you know, just keep plugging. Let us help. Yeah. You know, we everybody in my office has been in the military and they've transitioned out. Yeah. And we all know what it's like. (laughs) And it changes a little, but it's still kind of the same thing. A lot more resources out there to, to assist veterans and their spouses' independence, you know, compared to when probably you got out about the same time I did, probably, yeah. I would assume. So, you know, we didn't have that. You know, I, I didn't know that you could do an internship. Right. You right. know, because there was no internship. <laughs> yeah. You weren't, you know, Army, you worked till the last day, and <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, here you go. Thanks. Good luck. Right, you know, Godspeed. Right. <laughs> As we are about to wrap up, uh, last three bits of advice, uh, top three uh, tips you could offer somebody as they're getting ready to transition out. Start networking now. Yeah. Um, start getting your resume. And, and I'll kind of caveat off the networking to include start getting your resume put together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of organizations that will write your resume for you for free. We will assist you. We won't, we're not going to write it for you, but we'll assist you. But start putting those things together now. Start thinking financially. Is this sound for me? And uh, the third thing is call us. You know, if you want to get in in any of our workshops, they're all posted on our social medias, um, whether it be Civilian Resume Federal, LinkedIn, Link, our two-day interview workshop. The hiring events, just come. Please come. Bring a resume. These folks are hiring. I mean, that's why they're coming. You know, I I give them free reign of the building. You know, if they want to do on-the-spot interviews, take resumes, do a sign-in roster, they can do whatever they choose. And we get folks hired from these hiring events. I think the last one we had four or five. I haven't got the final numbers from uh, September, but, yeah, it was about four or five that I know right off the top of my head. So, yeah. That's spectacular. Yeah, definitely call me, 719-309-4724, or shoot me an email, marksmith, the at sign, mtcarmelcenter.org. Perfect. Mark, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thanks so much for all you do, uh, helping veterans and and prior service members as they This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, you can improve your ability to find jobs with your free year of LinkedIn Premium. Sign up at socialimpact.linkedin.com. You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA, in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Sterling, welcome to the show. Thanks for being back. 
if you don't mind just giving us a little bit of background about yourself and then uh, tell us about Honor Flight. Sure, be glad to. And, and thanks for having us back again. So uh, I am Sterling Campbell. I am the Vice President of Honor Flight of Southern Colorado. And for our listeners that may not be familiar with, Honor Flight is a national organization with individual hubs in most states. And our mission is to take World War II, Korea, and Vietnam-era veterans to Washington, D.C. on a three-day trip to see the monuments that were built in their honor at no cost to the veteran. And so we just completed uh, honor flight number 17 for us here in Southern Colorado and uh, just had a had a fantastic trip there. That's awesome. Tell me, how did, how did you get involved with it about your, your history with it? Well, I've actually been a volunteer uh, with Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center uh, literally since before they opened their doors. Uh, I'm typically there every Wednesday uh, with my day job providing uh, counseling services, and I uh, met somebody through that that has been involved with Honor Flight for years, and uh, she uh, she worked me long enough until I, I decided to join and realized what an incredible organization it is to be able to, you know, to do this for, our, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, more, more elderly veterans, and uh, especially our Vietnam veterans, as we all know. Uh, we as a society did not treat them very well uh, when it came when it came time for them coming home. And so to me, this is a way to to help give back and for a lot of those veterans to give them give them some closure after what they they have gone through there. So that's amazing. Um, you said you just wrapped up the the 17th uh, honor flight. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What was that experience like? Absolutely. Uh, well, I didn't go on this one. Uh, my wife did and uh, a few other of our board there. So uh, Honor Flight number 17 was actually pretty special for us because we did what we call a double flight. We normally take about 25 veterans and nearly that much in the way of support personnel. This time, due to a very large, generous donation last year, we were able to take 54 veterans along with 33 support staff and guardians. And really just, just an incredible, incredible experience. In fact, for those uh, that would like to check it out, uh, we took along our, as we call her, our favorite embedded reporter, Bree Groves from KOAA Channel 5, uh, was on the trip with us. And she did a 30-minute documentary, which actually aired last Sunday after the uh, Sunday night football game. Uh, that is now available on our website. So if anyone would like to check that out, it is incredible. Also a little bit emotional too, as you can imagine there. So, uh, but no, we we had a fantastic trip. And then uh, we always do as, as part of the trip, uh, we do what we call our, our welcome home ceremony. And uh, when they come back, we're at a uh, local high school, and setting up in the gym there, and, and we do quite the ceremony to welcome them back. And, and as I mentioned, that's probably one of the biggest comments that we get from our veterans is they finally have felt like they've been welcomed home, which is great in one way, but sad in another way. I just want to say thank you so much for, for what you do and, and your involvement with that. I want to hear more about the, the stories. Like, um, do you remember some specific instances or specific people that you, you got to interact with on, on those trips? I'd love to hear a story. Well, I, I've done one trip so far, and that was uh, about a year and a half ago. The, the, the one thing that I, I can share that is, is really quite emotional is we do what's, what's called a mail call as, you know, some of our military veterans may remember uh, on the uh, flight home. And uh, on my trip, we had about half of the flight was honor flight, no pun intended. Uh, the other half were, you know, literally civilians taking a plane trip. 
And so we involved them with this and then handed out uh, uh, letters to our veterans from family, friends, you know, elementary school children, uh, public officials, that type of thing. And let's just say there was there was a lot of emotion on that plane on on our part and also on our, you know, uh, on our civilians part, too. It, um, you know, as some people may know, you know, in some uh, of our past conflicts or past eras, uh, mail didn't always make it especially if they were moving quickly. So this this is a, a special part of it there. And to see our guys and gals open us from family and friends, um, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. It really is. It sounds like an incredible experience. How do the, the veterans of, of previous wars, how do they, how do they interact with or react to some of the monuments they get to see in Washington? You know, it uh, it can be a very emotional situation for many, especially our I keep going back to, but it it was a somewhat different time for our country, but the Vietnam era veterans. And uh, that's that's one thing that you'll see on the uh, on the documentary. we We had um, some of our Vietnam veterans that literally had never seen it before in person. And to see that emotional response, that action, it just it again, can can be a, a little bit emotional there is. You know, as part of our support staff, we take along not only guardians, which are individuals who basically just come along to help support, uh, but we also take uh, a, typically a couple medical personnel, and we always take counselors with us. And we had two counselors on this past trip, and uh, let's just say they they work pretty hard. And uh, just because, again, you know, for a lot of these these individuals, um, you know, they, they they've never they've never. In many cases, especially our World War II and uh, Korea era, you know, it's something they never talked about when they came home and families, you know, didn't know anything about it, that, you know, what they did, where they served or anything like that. And one of the other neat things that we have found that from our families is that they uh, tell us that a lot of times that, you know, dad or mom, the veteran came home and for the first time, they actually started to share with their family. So that is is something else that is that is great to see that I think it just helps to open them up and especially that time spent with their federal vet, veterans, whether you know it's the same era or a di different era, it, it helps them to hopefully have that you know start or have that healing process and to then be able to to come home and share with their families is uh, I think a great part of of what we're able to do with honor flight. And so uh, one, one thing uh, just to mention, uh, like I said, we, you can see the documentary on our uh, website. It's uh, honorflightsoco.net or just search Honor Flight of Southern Colorado and that will take you to it. Uh, but, uh, you know, a couple of things that we like to ask uh, of people is if you know uh, World War II, Korea, or, uh, Vietnam era, and we don't have any combat requirements, in-country requirements, anything like that. Uh, we just, you know, did they serve in that time frame? That is the requirement. And so if you know anybody in that era, especially uh, World War II, since um, uh, we uh, not, a, not a lot of uh, those veterans are still with us, if you know someone who has not done an honor trip, please have them go to our website and, and have them apply. Uh, we also are looking for guardians, people to go along and again, to assist. And then, um, you know, volunteers, like any good nonprofit organization, we're all volunteers and we're always looking at uh, additional help. So, you know, those three categories you can uh, apply for uh, on our online website, as long as, along with taking a look at that, uh, 
that documentary at um uh it it is incredible what what uh brie was able to do and put together with that it sounds like a pretty incredible experience are there any qualifications to to be a support staff or, or to be a guardian uh on these honor flights well uh of course medical you know uh we obviously medical training and background our counselors our professional counselors uh, for our guardians, that is one thing we do like to mention. As I said earlier, uh, our veterans pay nothing for this trip. We cover everything, uh, food, lodging, airfare, buses, all that. Uh, but we do ask our guardians uh, that come along to support, uh, we do ask them that they contribute $1,000. Typically, uh, our average flight costs about $50,000, and that's with a smaller group, not, not with a larger group. But we ask our guardians to simply help out because, as you can imagine, a big part of what we do is fundraising. And so we ask them to pay $1,000 of that. And that is something that even I, uh, being on the board, uh, I still have to pay going along as a guardian, too. Uh, so, again, it's just a way that we can help to, you know, to meet meet those goals of, of fundraising and able to do, you know, as many trips as we're, we're able to there. Um, and, uh, but we find a lot of times too, that employers will, uh, help out. I know my employer has assisted with that in the past, and we've had, uh, quite a few employers that have, uh, paid for their employees entire trip to, to be able to experience that. And it, it is an experience. Uh, I'm a veteran myself, uh, but to be able to, to spend that kind of time, uh, with, with our veterans that have gone before us. And, you know, the stories that they share and, and, and what they went through, you know, obviously things were a lot different uh, at different time frames in our, our country and, you know, different uh, different war periods there. So but uh, but no, our, our main requirement is, you know, we simply ask that, you know, you come with the with the heart to serve and uh, you may do, be doing some wheelchair pushing pushing there. Um, you know, and sometimes we find, too, that for our guardians, uh, they may have a, a family member go with them. Uh, or a good friend. Uh, now we do ask that the guardian uh, uh, be a little bit younger. Obviously, probably not a good idea taking a, an 80-year-old to help out uh, a fellow 80-year-old there. Uh, but uh, it, it is an opportunity uh, that I I highly recommend. Uh, to the extent of again, as I mentioned, I paid for for mine. My wife's actually gone on two trips uh, that she had to pay for. But it is such an experience that we will both be doing it again and we will pay for the privilege of doing it again. That sounds really incredible. Uh, tell me how, how long are these trips? Um, and, and how do people get involved? You mentioned the website, if you don't mind. Right. Uh, so typically our, our trips are three days. We usually will fly out uh, Thursday morning and come back uh, Saturday afternoon. And so whether we, you know, uh, usually we'll fly out of, uh, out of DIA sometimes during the springs, but anyone who would like to, uh, to get involved, we're actually looking at uh, next year, we have two trips planned. One is in April and the other one is in the fall. We do not have a definite date on that yet, but uh, we're always looking you know, not only for the guardians, but volunteers. Uh, we're a we're a growing organization. We're in need of, of volunteers for for just about anything. So uh, you can go to our website at the top. Uh, it'll say uh, apply now, and it'll give you the three categories: veteran, guardian, and uh, volunteer. Please put your information in there. Uh, let us know what you would you like to do, uh, and uh, we'll be we'll be getting back with you there. Now, the one thing I do like to mention for our veteran population is, 
we do have a little bit of a backlog left over from the pandemic, like uh, many organizations. So anyone applying now might be a year or two before we're able to take them. Uh, obviously, again, our, our fundraising is, is a big part of it there. Uh, but the one thing we do is that anyone who is Vietnam, or excuse me, World War II era or terminally ill, they go to the top of the list. And I think we can understand why that is then. And we've actually had the privilege of all of our last flights since the pandemic, we've taken a, at least one World War II veteran, uh, except for our most recent flight. But the other thing, too, that was really neat is in the spring of this year, our first trip uh, for 2023, we took the first all-women's honor flight out of the state of Colorado. And uh, we were able to take, again, from World War II to Vietnam era, uh, all volunteer, or excuse me, all all women to include all the uh, support staff there. And we were really proud of that because, it, you know, other states have done it, but it's not been the first time that it's been done in the state of Colorado. And there's actually two uh, two other hubs in the state of Colorado, as we call the organizations, one in Denver and one in Fort Collins. But basically, we serve from El Paso County south to the New Mexico border out to Kansas and Utah. So anyone in that area and that is in that time frame, and again, there's no combat requirements in country, simply did you serve in that time period? Uh, please check it out. Uh, as a veteran, uh, I promise it will will be an experience for him there. And then uh, a couple other things, if I may mention real quick, too, as I've alluded to, fundraising is a big part of what we do. Uh, our next, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, major fundraiser will be on uh, March 16th of 2024 at the uh, Abbey down in Canyon City. We have our uh, annual banquet down there. And then our other one, uh, more for the Colorado Springs area, is what we call our Boots Bourbon and Brews. And I know I had you at Bourbon and Brews there, but <laughs> this is going to be at the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame on June 27th. And uh, it's going to be a uh, a dinner and quite the event. Uh, we had our inaugural one last year, and this one uh, is going to be bigger and better. Sounds amazing. Uh, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, Optum Colorado. Veterans Voice is produced in the Optum podcast studio, Optum Colorado and Mountain View Medical Group, part of Optum, offer 20 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum is dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit OptumCare.com slash Colorado. 22nd or 24th? Slash Colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today. Medicare Mentors. When it's time to consider your Medicare options, it's time to talk with Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, is veteran-owned, a longstanding Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center partner and the Veterans Voice podcast channel provider. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they're there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information. And we're back. Sterling, this has been such an interesting conversation. Uh, you mentioned before we took our break about the, the upcoming fundraiser events. If you could touch on those one more time with the dates and the, the locations. You got it. And so the uh, first one is March 16th at the Abbey down in Canyon City. That's our annual uh, banquet. And then the next one is our Boots, Bourbon, and Brews. Uh, I believe I misspoke. It's actually on June uh, 22nd at the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame here in Culver Springs. Um, last year was our first one. And so uh, it's going to be uh, bigger and, and, and better this year too. But 
this is, um, again, a big part of what we do uh, is the fundraising to be able to, to pay for these trips. Uh, right now, we typically do two trips a year, and we're hoping that someday, depending on funding, uh, that we might be able to to get that up to three trips a year, simply because, as we all know, Colorado Springs especially, but Southern Colorado as a whole, uh, has a very large group of, uh, obviously, veterans in general, but we also have uh, a very large group of our World War II through Vietnam era veterans. And so that's, that's one of the things, too, that we always like to ask, uh, again, besides passing the word for us, and if you can uh, volunteer to help, uh, as any good 503C nonprofit, fundraising is a big part of our mission. So we just happen to conveniently have at the top of our uh, webpage a donate button. So if you have the wherewithal to do that, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Excellent. And if, if you don't mind, just share with us a little bit about any takeaways you've gotten from being involved with Honor Flight, uh, either through your experience or even even running on the back end with helping with fundraising and that type of thing. Well, for me as a veteran myself, to be able to, you know, to me, it's just a way of, of continuing to serve and to give back, you know, uh, as, as a lot of us, and I know you, um, you know, working with Mount Carmel, what they bring into our community and, and literally under one roof for our, our veteran community is phenomenal, both for veterans and their families. And to me, it is is just an extension of, of what I do, you know, as a volunteer in general with Mount Carmel, but then to specifically to be involved with this organization. And really, I think that the bottom line is, and what really we see and that that really makes it all worthwhile is to see that veteran reach that point that they're they're able to start sharing. Sometimes it's it's difficult for even them to share with their their fellow veterans. But to be able to hopefully start that healing process and then to to go on uh, and and see them, in some cases, start sharing that with family and friends is, just an incredible, I think, important part of what we do. And when we see that happen, it 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 is fantastic. It really is. I think you definitely hit on something there. Being able to share about one's experience as a veteran um, is an important part of the healing process. And so it, I'm very excited to hear that some of those those veterans from some of those older conflicts and wars have now the opportunity and maybe the tools to to open up and share some of their experience and and get some of that out. I I'm, I love this this idea of, of the Honor Flight. If you don't mind sharing the website one more time so, so people know exactly where to go and how to donate and how to get involved. You got it. It is honorflightsoco.net. Or again, just type in Honor Flight of Southern Colorado will come up. Also follow us too on social media. We are on Facebook. And so we'll be uh, posting information about our upcoming events. But at the website, uh, you can, you know, see past flights. Uh, you'll see the current uh, documentary that was just recently done. Uh, you have the ability to uh, volunteer, sign up as a veteran or as a guardian. And of course, last but not least, uh, don't forget the donate button. And before I let you go, um, do you have any last words of advice or, or any other quick stories you wanted to share with, with our audience? Well, just in general, uh, to to please pass the word. Even though Honor Flight nationally uh, has been around for almost 20 years, we still find, even in our area, as long as large as our veteran population is, we still find that a lot of people, veterans included, have never heard of Honor Flight. And so 
just to, to help us spread the word to to let us those veterans know that they are if they are in those eras that you know they uh, are eligible to go on a trip and and sometimes we hear from our veterans well i didn't serve in contract combat or i didn't serve in country again we want to share this with all of our veterans because as we all know as veterans you know the combat troops don't do it in a vacuum uh, the support troops helped to make it all happen there. And the fact that you served and you were a part of it, this is something that we want to share with all veterans of all three of those eras. It is something that it, it is our honor to, no pun intended again, to to be able to give back to our veteran community uh, regardless, because we look at service, not necessarily we don't look at anything else. We look at, you know, the service and that time frame. And uh, we, we all work together, you know, both veterans and, and active duty. It's a, a team effort, obviously. Sterling, thank you so much for, for sharing your experiences with Honor Flight and how to get involved and how to get in touch with them. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I really appreciate it. And uh, anytime uh, uh, you'd like, we'd be happy to, to share more there. So thanks again for having us. Our pleasure. Well, that's it for today. You can find you can find Veterans Voice podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Plus, you can listen to Veterans Voice every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on KRDO News Radio. You've been listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by supporting partner The Wire Nut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDO News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, do you want military history and your stories of service preserved? The Library of Congress Veterans History Project collects, preserves, and makes accessible the first-hand accounts of veterans who served from World War I through today. Make your story heard. To learn more and become involved, visit loc.gov vets.